0: Psalm 65, we read a minute ago, praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion. Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion. Now, Zion is the name for the place where David built his kingdom. It's in Jerusalem, and uh, it's referred to as Mount Zion, and Mount Zion is synonymous with With the whole city of Jerusalem, not just as a geographical location, but as a spiritual place. The place not only where David reigned, but the place where Jesus will reign in the the, uh, new Jerusalem or in the the millennium, Zion. Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion. I want you to say with me a few times just to make sure it's in our minds. Praise waiteth for thee, O God. Ready? Ready? Praise waiteth for thee, O God. One more time, ready? Praise waiteth for thee, O God. Once more. Praise waiteth for thee, O God. David, you'll notice in the title, this is a Psalm of David. David is saying, God, when you look towards Jerusalem, there's praise waiting for you there. I don't know what you get, God, when you look towards Egypt, or when you look towards Jerusalem, you're going to find praise waiting for you there. I don't know what you're going to get when you look towards Syria, but God, when you look towards Jerusalem, you're going to find praise waiting for you there. Oh, I read that. My heart caught fire. I said, I want to be able to say truthfully, I want to be able to say to the Lord, when you look my way, when you look towards my heart, when you look towards my house, when you look towards our church, praise is going to be waiting for you there. Praise waiteth for thee, O God. Now, if that's going to be true, it's not going to happen by accident. It is not in our nature to praise. If we are going to be able to say truthfully to God, God, when you look my way, praise waits for you. Just like we want to be able to say, our church wants to be able to say to anybody that walks through those doors, when you walk through those doors, there's a big welcome waiting for you. We want everybody to know that. We want everybody to understand, hey, there's no matter who you are, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you've got going on, No matter what kind of mood you're in, you may be having a good day or a bad day. You might have had a bad week or a good week. Hey, you might like the preacher, you might hate the preacher. Doesn't matter. When you walk through those doors, a big, loving welcome waits for you. That's what we want people to know. You moms and dads, you want your kids to know when they're small and when they're grown. When you come home, there's always love waiting for you doesn 't matter what you 've got going on your life in your life doesn 't matter whether you might have been recently successful or recently had some failures it doesn 't matter When you walk through the doors of the house there's always love waiting for you And uh, this Thursday, how many of you this Thursday you're going to someone else 's house to celebrate Thanksgiving, raise your hand. How many of you this Thursday people are coming to your house to celebrate Thanksgiving, raise your hand okay? I think, now I love, we'll go to my parents' house, we do that every year, and I love walking in the door, and man, everything is cooked, everything is ready, and oh yeah, it just hits you when you open the door. Uh, But you know what? The greater blessing is to those of you that raised your hand and said that uh, we're, we're preparing for others to come. Now I know when you're When you're cooking and vacuuming and dusting all night long, you don't think you have the greater blessing. But ultimately, it's more blessed to give than receive, right? Just keep telling yourself that. But to prepare a place when people that you love come and walk through the door and go, oh, it's so good to be here. It's so good to be welcomed. It's so good to be loved. It's so good to be prepared for. What you're saying to your guests is a good day is waiting for you. And what we want to say to the Lord, what David was saying to the Lord, praise is waiting for you in Zion. God, when you look to Jerusalem, there's going to be praise waiting for you. Can you think that through? Can you meditate on that? Can you say to God, can I say to God, God, when you look my way, you're not going to get complaining You're not going to get negativity. You're not going to get pouting. You're going to get praise. David looked to heaven and said, praise waiteth for you, O God, in Zion. This is my turf. I'm in charge of this place. And I can tell you, Lord, with all sincerity, when you look our way, there'll be praise waiting for you. Let me tell you some things that we have to do if we're going to make that happen. First of all, we're going to have to purpose in our heart to make that happen because, as I said, none of us prays naturally. You're going to have to decide. You're going to have to purpose in advance. I was planning to tell this story, and then as I was falling asleep last night, I was listening to a preacher, and he was preaching on the story of the Philippian jailer and uh, Paul and Barnabas in the jail in Philippi. I was planning to tell that story. It's perfect. Fits right in. Paul and and, uh, Silas. I say Barnabas? I meant to say Silas. Paul and Silas had been beaten and thrown in prison. Now, I've never been beaten, not like that. And I've never been thrown in prison. But I'm going to guess that the natural reaction to being beaten and thrown in prison, by the way, even if I were thrown in prison today, I've been in enough prisons to know that it would be a lot easier to handle what they throw you into today than it was back in those days with the stink and the rot and the filth and the rats and I don't even want to imagine when they're thrown in prison. It's not conducive to say, well, praise the Lord. But when midnight came, Paul and Silas were praying and praising the Lord. How do you go into such a horrible circumstance and find yourself at midnight praising the Lord? Only one way, if you purpose to praise, you, praise the Lord. See, you're going to have to decide in advance. You're going to have to decide when you get up in the morning. Okay, this may be an easy day, this may be a hard day, but I'm going to praise the Lord today. Amen. I may get some good phone calls, I may get some bad phone calls, but I'm going to praise the Lord today. I may get some good news. I may get some bad news. I may find out that, whoa, brought a little more money in than I expected. More likely, I'm going to find out, whoa, a little more money went out than I expected. A lot more money went out than I expected. Either way, I'm going to praise the Lord. You're going to have to purpose in your heart to praise the Lord. So Paul and Silas did. Here's, here's what I'm saying. We, we don't decide in advance. We don't purpose in our hearts. We just sort of, wait for that opportunity. Like we wait for that good thing to happen that reminds us. Oh yeah. There, you know, there wasn't there wasn't a long line at the drive through. Praise the Lord. You know, or some other some other good news. Oh, I found out that I got a, you know, 15 cent per hour raise. Praise the Lord. We wait for that that reason to praise him. No, you won't praise him that way. You and you won't be able to say Praise is waiting for you. God, if you look my way, praise will be waiting for you. You won't be able to say that unless you purpose in your heart. Your life is never going to be so perfect that the circumstances are going to make you a praiser. Say that again in case you didn't catch it. Your life is never going to be so perfect that the circumstances will make you a praiser. A person who praises the Lord and has praise waiting for the Lord has purposed. Hey, you've had bad things happen to you today already. You'll have good things happen to you today. I'm looking outside. When I first came up here, I saw white when I looked outside. Now I'm seeing green, very little white left. Hey, that's good news. Maybe if you were planning to go skiing later, that's bad news. I don't know. But anytime the snow's gone, I take that as as good news. But bad things, hey, you could stand up here and tell me the things that have already gone wrong today. You can stand up here and tell me the things that have already gone right today. Either way, you can have praise waiting for the Lord if you purpose to. I got up this morning, as I said, and couldn't believe, looked out the window. The sun wasn't even up, and I could see the snow. You've got to be kidding me. I got ready. I'm walking out the door. I grabbed my briefcase. My briefcase is, uh, uh, it pretty much goes with me everywhere I go. And I walk out the door. I'm walking down the steps. We have concrete steps in between stone walls that lead down to the car. I took two steps, and all of a sudden, bang, the handle fell off my briefcase. My briefcase got my laptop in it. It's got my Bible in it. It's got my iPad in it. So if you ever want to rob me, just watch for me to carry my briefcase. You'll know that that's where all the stuff is. Literally, the handle fell off while I'm carrying it. I look kind of stupid. I'm on step three. The handle's in my hand. My briefcase is, is tumbling down the concrete steps there. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we get over. We're setting up tables and chairs. It went okay. We set up tables and chairs. We survived. This is our first Sunday dinner without uh, my son Joe. This is our first Sunday dinner without the Bambicos here. So far, we've all lived to tell about it, but, of course, the dinner hasn't even begun yet. Um, but... With the craziness of things, I didn't get any breakfast. To this point, I still haven't gotten any breakfast. I want to hear a big old fat, aww, aww. thank you very much. All right, see? Aww. Let me tell you, it's worse than that. No breakfast, and it's worse than that. You, you see me with this, this uh, tall silver cup. It's called uh, the, the Yeti, and it keeps cold things cold. It's, they say it keeps hot things hot, but I've never tried that. But it keeps cold things cold all day long. I think I left it at the gym after we set up. Do you know what that means? Warm Diet Coke all morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you what. These things happen. You know, the the biggest thing that happened this morning, I want to get this on the record. We discovered this morning that we're not sure. Do you know who the Sunday dinners that they, they, uh, the Sunday dinner signs that they hold up outside? Yeah, Sunday dinner. Um, Mary made those. Mary's in charge of those. But what we discovered this morning is we're not sure where Mary stores those. At her house. Yeah, that's what we've concluded. She stores them at her house. So real quick, I got back from, from uh, picking everybody up, and I went to my office, and we're trying to solve this problem. And, and uh, so I made one. Uh, we, we have some of that orange paper. We made one letter per page, a full-size eight and a half by 11 sheet of that orange paper. One letter per page, and we printed out, S-U-N-D-A-Y, dinner. And uh, print, printed it out, found some, some big pieces of cardboard, taped them on there. That's what they're going to It's worth going to Spring Street just to see the signs that they're going to be holding up. And uh, that's going to be our signs out on the street today. Hey, every one of those things, negative after negative after negative. And did I mention it snowed this morning? You know what? There's not one of those reasons. Not one of those things is a reason to not have praise waiting for the Lord. He saved my soul. He gave me everlasting life. My sins are forgiven. He loves me. He takes care of me. He fellowships with me every day. Now, those are stupid little problems. They happen to all of us every single day. Some of you carry some pretty big burdens. I'm doing a funeral tomorrow for a lady. She died. She was 89 years old. And uh, for the last four years, she's had Alzheimer's. Her husband is three years old, 92. His, his mind is, is uh, crystal clear. And they both have lived with their daughter and her family for a number of years now and have been taking care of the mom who passed away. You take care of someone who has Alzheimer's, your own mother, especially in your own home, that's a burden. Some of you carry that kind of burden. Tina just, can I tell you tell what you told me? Tina just found out yesterday that her sister has full-blown AIDS. That's a burden. As we said during prayer time, Tina's, Tina is the burden bearer in her family. How many of you know what I mean when I say the burden bearer in your family? Yeah, and many of you are that. I'm talking about when things go wrong, people, you're the one they call. You're the one they say, hey, do something. And many of you carry those kind of burdens. And if they're not little burdens. They're big. Can I tell you something? Even with the big burdens, you can have praise waiting for the Lord. Amen. If you purpose in your heart. Not only did David purpose, but he also prepared. You read in Chronicles sometimes and see, David did amazing things to prepare people to praise the Lord. David invented musical instruments and he developed them and built them, not for a rock concert or, or to make a CD, but as better ways to give praise to the Lord. And then he organized the musicians and he organized the same. You read it. It's all in Chronicles. It's amazing how much organizing David did for the people could be ready so that David could say on behalf of his entire kingdom, praise is waiting for you. This is not a flippant statement that David's making. Yeah, Lord, uh, oh, that'd be a good line. Praise waiteth for thee, O God. No. This was after an awful lot of preparation, an awful lot of organization, an awful lot of practice. David was finally able to look to heaven and say, now, Lord, I can tell you After a lot of man hours, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of work, praise is waiting for you in Zion. Don't you want to be able to say to God about your heart, about your home, about your church, praise waiteth for thee, O God. Man, it will if you purpose to say it. It will if you uh, prepare to say it. But not only do you need to purpose and prepare, you got to practice you got to practice. Let me ask you, don't answer me, but answer for yourself. What song of praise is on your heart this morning? So yeah, I know exactly. So you can't, if you can't answer that question, you can't say to God, Praise waits for you in my heart. Did you ever sing praises to God? And wonder if He hears you. I have. I mean, I'm alone in the car, and I've always got a CD ready to go, or the radio, or something. But I don't turn it on. I just sing to the Lord, and something inside of me says, "Is He? Is He? Is He tuned in?" Now my faith says, "Of course He is." But my doubt says, no, no, really, is, is, he, is he tuned in right now? Is he here? Let me, let, me, let me speak to your doubt and mine for just a second. If there ever does come a time when for some reason God violates his own word, when he said, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you and God inhabits the praise of his people, if he ever, the world comes to an end and he decides to violate his own word and he doesn't hear you when you're praising him, You're practicing for when he does tune in. Now, that was a sort of a silly statement because the fact is God's always aware of your praise. But in those moments where you're not confident that he's aware of your praise, consider yourself practicing... For when he is, listen, folks. I'm not talking like hyperbole or metaphor this morning. I'm talking literal. Let me, let me tell you what I'm talking. We were uh, Amy and I were blessed on Thursday to go down to Vision Baptist College in Berlin, New Jersey, and and to preach and sing in chapel there. And chapel was over, and Brother Charlie, the son, I always have to say that so you picture of the right guy, Brother Charlie, the son, the uh, uh, the he's he's the crazy one, and his dad will tell you that himself, and he'll tell you that himself. Um, he, he came up to me afterwards. He said, hey, can you stay for lunch? And I said, okay, we'll stay for lunch. And, and uh, so we walked out into the hallway. Picture, those of you who've been to Rock, picture the auditorium. Picture the hallway that where we sit. We always go out into that side hallway. We go into the side hallway. Brother Charlie's walking down to, to um, walking us down to lunch, it's just the three of us. Brother Charlie goes, I've got to step into the men's room. So me and Amy are standing there. Wait for and Brother Charlie goes now. This is a public men's room with no door or anything. I mean, you know, it, and it's all tile in there, so everything's bouncing around, and we're out in the hallway all by ourselves. The minute he gets in the men's room, we hear, then sings, My soul, my say we were a little embarrassed. We're looking around, going, Oh, okay. He's, he's in there by himself, My Savior God to thee. Every minute he was in the men's room, he was singing praises to God. He turned the corner, he came out. No explanation. He didn't come out and go, let me tell you why I was doing that. No, he just come out. Ready? All set? Say, why in the world would somebody do that? Now, if you don't know Brother Charlie, you can say, boy, that guy just sounds like a phony. If you know Brother Charlie, you know that's just him. He's singing praises to God. Why? Because he's practicing so that Brother Charlie, listen, if, if anybody could say to God, praise waits for you, oh God, right here. You may not know this, and I probably shouldn't even, even tell you. Do you know the Clarks get highly criticized for their music in fundamental circles? You know what? I'll take the Clarks and their music and God, and you can keep your fundamental circles. Because I want to be able to say with David, there's praise waiting for you here, oh God. Not only do you have to purpose, not only do you prepare for, not only do you do you uh, have to uh, practice, but you got to be somewhat public about it. The truth is, and people say, well, "You know, I just I praise the Lord silently in my." It, it, it's it's inside. By definition, you look at the Book of Hebrews, you see that by definition, praise is the use of your mouth. It's vocal. You know, one of the great handicaps of our nation spiritually is we have so many undercover Christians. And they come out of the news and say, well, you know, there's a yada, yada, yada million evangelicals. And I go, where are they all? How come I can walk into Walmart and not see one? How come I can walk through the city and I'm hearing about them But I'm not seeing them. You know why? Because we're undercover Christians. We come like Nicodemus by night. We don't want to talk like a Christian. We don't want to dress like a Christian. You say, how does a Christian dress? I know how a Christian doesn't dress. We don't don't want to act like we don't want to do anything that might let anybody know I love Jesus. But if you're going to say to the Lord, praise waits for you right here, Lord then you got to be public. I don't mean you got to be crazy fanatic jumping up on the table wearing a sign, look at me, I love God. I don't mean that. Just be a good Christian, and you're going to stick out from the crowd. I need a timeout. Somebody say amen right there, would you please? All right, thank you very much. All right. Last thing of all, you want to be able to say praise waiteth for thee, O God, right here. You need your praise to be passionate. You need your praise to be passionate. I'm not against watching some tearjerker movie, you know. I mean, it's not my favorite thing to do. If I want to if, if take the time to sit and watch a movie, I'm sorry. I want to see some cowboy hats and some horses and some six shooters, okay? So the tearjerker's is not really my thing. But I'm not against it. You know, if it's a decent story and it's told decently and no garbage in there, okay. But wait a minute. How is it that we can watch a fictional story? We know it didn't happen. We know it couldn't happen. And at the end, we're going, oh, 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 she came back. Oh. And yet, we never get emotional when we think about the cross. We can supposedly praise the Lord. And never get it. We can get excited about sports. And you know me. I'm all in with the sports. I, I, I would be hypocritical to criticize for it. But how is it that we can shout over somebody having a big play, the play, of the game, the comeback of the year. Oh, did you see that pass? That was incredible. When was the last time you used that tone of voice, that kind of emotion about something God did? I say to you. Our praise needs to be passionate. Praise waits for you, oh God. You would you'd be very pleased with your relationship with God if you made that your goal every day. I want my goal to be. <laughs> How many places does God look, by the way, where all he gets is complaining? How many places do God does God look where all he gets is murmuring, and negativity and... uh, Read the Bible and you'll see that when we praise God, it refreshes His heart. And maybe God says those things in our terms so that we can understand them, but I do know, what about bless the Lord? It's possible to be a blessing to God according to the Bible. Then there's something to give to God by being able to say to Him, when you, when you look my way, God, praise will be waiting for you. Praise waiteth for thee, O God. Now, this service, every time, we ha- every time we have a Sunday dinner, we pretty much close in prayer and we're dismissed because a lot of people have to get to a lot of little jobs. So we're going to do that this morning.